Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. On this fifth day of 2018, the first Royals podcast of the new year. Happy New Year to all the Royals fans and to Jeffrey Flanagan, our Royals reporter for MLB.com, who joins us right now. Jeffrey, uh, we thank you for the time, and uh, what we're doing this week is kind of focusing on the Biggest questions that the Royals face uh, heading into a very interesting uh, 2018 uh, season. But the Royals have uh, made a a little bit of noise in recent days with a reported contract offer to uh, Eric Hosmer. We'll touch on that in a moment. But first and foremost, uh, the Royals involved in a uh, three-team trade along with the uh, White Sox and the Dodgers on uh, Thursday. And uh, the Royals, as part of that three-team swap, they part ways with uh, relievers Joaquin Soria and Scott Alexander. And they get a couple of uh, highly touted prospects in return in the form of a uh, pitcher, Trevor Oaks, and infielder, Eric Mejia. So what can you tell us about Mr. Oaks and uh, Mr. Mejia? Yeah, Trevor Oaks, an uh, interesting guy, um, sinker ball slider guy. And uh, I think he was MLB pipeline, pipeline had him rated uh, number 14 in the Dodger system. Was kind of blocked there because of all the depth they have in the rotation. But uh, he's certainly going to get a, a strong look this spring for the Royals rotation. So, uh, they need that, and that's a good pickup for them. Uh, Mahia is, is a uh, kind of a guy that, that fits their mold. He's he's athletic. Uh, he's a plus runner. Uh, plays the middle infield. Uh, can play outfield. But uh, Dave Moore told me last night that they would concentrate him uh, on the infield, and uh, you know he might be a year or two away. But uh, the type of prospect that they really like having, and, and that's all part of Dave Moore's plan right now, is to. You know, restock the farm system. He talked a lot about that at the winter meetings, and this is just one of probably many deals to come. And I thought the big, biggest part of last night's trade was uh, Thursday night's trade was, you know, being able to deal Joaquin Soria and only having to pick up one million dollars, basically his buyout for uh, 2019, out of a ten million dollar salary. So that that cut payroll by nine million dollars. That's a heck of a savings for them. And uh, certainly, it hurts losing Scotty Alexander, left-hander, heavy sinker. Uh, really did a terrific job last year for them. But you know, getting up there in age, late twenties, um, they needed to get younger and, and restock the farm system. And to do that, you've got to give away, you know, some valuable assets. So uh, as painful it was, I, I thought they got a good return. And and like I mentioned, uh, they were able to, to, to shave some payroll. And, uh, Jeffrey, that kind of takes me uh, to the next point, and I want to get your take on this. As you were just explaining, uh, with the parameters of the Soria trade, 
the team saves $9 million in payroll, and for a mid-market club like the Royals, that's not an insignificant thing. At the same time, multiple reports have come out uh, you know, earlier this week that the Royals have made a reported, this is not you know confirmed or official, but a reported contract offer to retain Eric Hosmer and the reported number is seven years and $147 million. So on one hand, you've got, they're in the mode where they want to restock the farm system. They want to save money. On the other hand, they're throwing a Brinks truck or a couple of Brinks trucks at Eric Hosmer. Does this go against the grain a little bit for a team that's, you know, very openly acknowledged that they're in rebuilding mode? Well, as we spoke in the winter meetings, the one target they've had all offseason in terms of free agents is, is to re-sign Eric Hosmer and uh, have not been able to confirm with anybody, uh, and I mean anybody in the organization, that that figure, that $147 million figure is accurate. So uh, we need to hit the brakes probably a little bit on that. I, I think ultimately that offer is probably lower. Um, maybe the years are close, but I, I don't think it's anywhere near $147 million. Um, as a matter of fact, a couple officials uh, with the Royals kind of bristled at the thought of that. And even the, what I've heard, too, has been reported in San Diego that the alleged seven-year, $140 million offer that they were supposed to give Hosmer was, was pretty high, too. So uh, I think the numbers are out there. They're just not quite that high. And, and to get there, the Royals will have to continue to, to shave payroll. Um, they don't want to go over 115 or $120 million. Uh, Right now, saving $9 million on, on Soria, they're probably right around 106 107 So they're getting there. If they, if they do want to make a move with, with Hosmer, <clears throat> excuse me, and if you want to backload it, um, Certainly possible to do that by by saving you know nine million here and nine million there. Uh, it can be it can be done, and then you get a guy who you know would be under contract for uh, seven or eight years and would be around for the next rebuild. So there, there is some logic behind it. And uh, Jeffrey, too, knowing Eric Hosmer as you do, having covered him for you know all seven years of his uh, big league career, is he the type of guy that you know if he's faced with a prospect of returning to a Kansas City club? Which is it, which is in this transitional period? Would that appeal to him? You know, for a guy that's reached the highest of highs uh, as a World Series champion, having won a, an additional pennant too, all the individual accolades. Would it would it be in his personality or against it? You know, to to come back to a club that you know clearly for a couple of years is not going to be amongst baseball's elite. Yeah, Haas and I talked about that a little bit uh, uh, at the end of last year, and I, I think it does appeal to him. I mean, he loves Kansas City, loves the community, uh, loves the Royals organization, loves that locker room. Uh, he would be a leader uh, in that locker room, a mentor for some of the younger guys as, as they come forward. Uh, you know, he's talked a lot about the mentors he's had uh, when he came up through the system, and uh, I think he, he it is appealing to him to possibly be that guy. That's why he's listing the offers from San Diego uh, and Kansas City. And uh, ultimately, though, he's got to do what's best for him and his family. And um, you know, if that is the Yankees or the Cardinals or some mystery team that always seems to pop up in these things uh, in the late going, um, Seattle, whatever. Would what, you know? He would have to go there. But I think the the Royals, uh, what they offer is familiarity. And uh, I think that would mean a lot to him. And um, I don't think he'd have any problem coming back here. Yeah, very interesting. It's uh, The saga continues uh, through the next uh, couple of weeks, I would speculate, because the hot stove has been uh, rather rather slow uh, the last uh, month, yeah. month and a half. Uh, so this could drag out, you know, uh, close to when spring training uh, opens their doors. And uh, we'll see what the future holds for Eric Hosmer. And maybe, just maybe, he has not played his final game as a Kansas City Royal. Uh, time will tell. 
So, Jeffrey, uh, backtracking a little bit, we talked about, uh, you know, the trade shipping away, the veteran Joaquin Soria, the uh, youngster Scott Alexander. When you look at other uh, players on this team that are, you know, trade assets or trade possibilities, who would you earmark as guys that Dayton Moore may be looking to ship away to further restock that, that uh, farm system? Well, there's some of the obvious names that really came up a lot during the winter meetings. They, they got a lot of hits on guys like Danny Duffy and Kelvin Herrera. Um, you know, Whit Merrifield is another guy who emerged last year, you know, 19 home runs, and they get 34 steals at two, almost 290. Um, you know, he's 28 years old, but um, has proven that, you know, he can be a leadoff guy and, and play quality uh, defense at second base. Um, Danny Duff is a guy who's under club control for several more years. Uh, Herrera is definitely another guy right now um, who could be a, a late-inning guy for somebody else. Uh, the only question there, of course, he only has one year of club control left, so you're not going to get a huge return. But uh, still, can, you know, brings it high 90s fastball, terrific sinker. Um, you, know, you just look around uh, that ball club, uh, just about anybody. Uh, they'd certainly like to be able to move Jason Hamill, too, I should mention him. Um, and he comes with uh, $11 million guaranteed on his deal, so that's going to be a little bit tougher. But uh, anybody who's of value, Dayton Moore has made it clear, um, could be traded. Uh, they just have to restock that farm system right now and, uh, and, and go toward a rebuild, which will take maybe two, maybe three years. So uh, that's their entire focus this offseason. And, uh, of course, you know, Dayton's made uh, no bones about it that uh, the priority number one is to restock that farm system, and they've they've already made some strides in that regard. So given the fact that that is priority, is there is there, you know, a consensus that anybody on the team is uh, is potential uh, is a potential trade possibility, or is there at least one, maybe two players that may be considered untouchable or close to it? Yeah, I, that's a good point. I, th- I think the one guy that they would really, really be hesitant to deal is Salvador Perez. They're also our Gold Glove, gold glove catcher. Um, you know, I brought that question up to Dayton at the winter meetings, and then we talked about it a little bit last week too. Is he just? I don't think he, they feel number one that they'd ever get enough in return for him, and number two, um, going through this rebuild, uh, it's going to be painful enough for Royals fans to, you know, say goodbye to the Mustakas and to Lorenzo Cain and you know possibly Eric Hosmer and Elsie uh, Escobar and Jason Vargas. You just go down the list. They already lost Mike Miner, uh, and just to lose someone like Salvador Perez, who's on billboards all over Kansas City. Um, that, that might be just too much, I think, in, in the Royals' minds to, to be able to, to have to part with him, too. So, and, and he'd be a good mentor for, for a youth movement, too, just like Eric Hosmer would. Um, as a matter of fact, those two guys locker next to each other. And uh, I've often told fans that uh, I think Dayton Moore, in his heart of hearts, really wants to keep those two locker next to each other again next year if he can uh, do it, it with any possibility. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's the one guy that's probably untouchable. But anybody else, um, you know, some of these contracts are going to be Really, really difficult to move. You're not going to be able to move Alex Gordon's contract or Ian Kennedy's. But uh, I think the one guy that's really untouchable is probably Sal. And uh, assuming that Eric Hosmer uh, does not return and that he uh, takes his talents uh, somewhere else, uh, do you see uh, – maybe this uh, term gets overblown a little bit. It becomes a little cliched. But would you earmark Perez as the face of the franchise? Would it be Alex Gordon? Like, Who, who do you see as like the, the main marquee guy for the, for the Royals if Hosmer does depart? Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, it would if, if Eric Hosmer does go elsewhere, it would have to be Salvador Perez. But I, I really think, in the front office mind, it's still even though he's a free agent, Eric Hosmer is still the face of this franchise. That's why they're trying so hard to come up with a deal 
uh, that will keep him in Kansas City. Um, he, he has meant so much to this community and, and, and so much to the organization that the, I don't think they can picture a Kansas City Royals team without Eric Hosmer. So, uh, but, you know, you know, business is business. So if he goes on somewhere else, uh, it'll have to be Salvador Perez. I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, Alex Gordon is coming off of two really poor years. I don't think, you know, even though he probably was the face of the franchise for a while, I don't think he's necessarily that guy anymore. Um, uh, and they're, of course, hoping he'll bounce back, but uh, it would probably have to uh, so they have to hand that over to Salvador Perez. Yeah, I mean, as, as badly as they want to get Hosmer back, and why wouldn't they? Sal Perez is not a bad uh, consolation prize. Right. For, you know, he's, he's a great guy, great clubhouse presence, and obviously great on the field and behind the plate. And uh, that, like I said, that is that is not a bad plan B whatsoever. Uh, Jeffrey, uh, to wrap this up, and you, you kind of touched on this already briefly, but in terms of uh, the duration of this rebuild, you know, some take – longer than others. Some are dictated by the competition within your own division. So considering all those factors, uh, you know, what kind of a timetable do you see for the Royals, you know, developing these young assets and getting back to prominence? Yeah, I would think, uh, it's probably, you know, Dayton's talked about 2020 or 2021. I think it's going to be at least that long. Um, we're talking about the 2018 this year. Uh, you've got guys like Jorge Bonifacio, you know, Chester Cuthbert, uh, you know, Jacob Junis in the rotation, uh, some of the younger guys in the bullpen. You know, if, if those guys develop quickly um, and Alex Gordon has a bounce-back year or something like that, you know, maybe 2020 they could be competitive again. Um, you know, the next pipeline of guys is, is really, to be honest, two or three years away. So uh, it kind of it depends on how these uh, guys that are already on the, on the roster right now, how they uh, can, you know, develop how quickly they can they develop um and then you start to sprinkle in you know some of the other guys and um to be honest between you know you and me i think it's going to be 2021 uh at the earliest and of course you know royals fans have been through this uh process before having you know these young assets and watching them develop and go through their growing pains and the payoff was was great uh two pennants and a world title and uh maybe the royals get back there uh, before long, but uh, but again, uh, the road can be long, and uh, we'll see what happens as uh, time progresses. Our time is up. Uh, Jeffrey Flanagan, we thank you so much for it, and uh, we'll do it again next week. In the meantime, Matt Waymeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.